to the Waking Up From Work podcast. My name is Dave Swillam. Let's get ready to hustle. Hey, and welcome back to the Waking Up From Work podcast. Today is episode 49, which is getting nuts. Today, me and Ryan hung out during all this coronavirus craziness with a Boston boy named Mark Metry. This episode is really diving deep on kind of personality types, mental health, and self-awareness because I've seen a lot of amazing art, like probably my best songs, like my best you know, content and things that I've created have probably come out of the times that I've, I've had the hardest in life. So I think that there's a lot of amazing creativity that comes out of, you know, hard times for people. Uh, but I also really want to take the opportunity to speak on ways that we can help it and, and ways that we can channel it and use it as a tool instead of something that is messing with us or holding us back it's something that Ryan coming from a background in psych, he really dives in hard with Mark here, who's been through a lot of different things himself and just coming out with a book called Screw Being Shy. So we dive into shyness, introvert, extrovert, kind of ways that we view things, ways that we can alter our own perceptions. It's a very, very headspace episode, but I think a lot of creatives will benefit from it because I think a lot of us have a lot of thoughts and sometimes they get the best of us and sometimes they they were able to use them for making amazing art so check it out episode 49 today with mark metry and ryan my beautiful co-host all right so welcome back to the waking up from work podcast <laughs> that was so sad dude <laughs> waking up from work podcast yeah, <laughs> i was giving i was building the i was building the tension today is episode 49 i don't know we don't have some special outbreak yeah man yeah right in the middle of the outbreak where uh we're still podcasting right in the same room uh except we do have mark in a different spot so i guess we're yeah. following the guidelines there we are quite mm-hmm. so welcome back to the podcast guys uh tonight is a cool episode at an exciting time for this gentleman right here. We've got Mark Metrion. Did I say the last name right? Mark Metry. Nailed it, dude. I listened to your he podcast. I checked it out. He's horrible at names, dude. He's horrible at I got names. It. I'm not going to pull any punches, Dave. <laughs> don't you, you do that. Names. So for those of you that don't know Mark, he is the host of the Humans 2.0 podcast. He is a TEDx keynote speaker He's been on an Amazon Prime series called The Social Movement, and he also is coming out with a book that will be out literally on Saturday, which we it's out kind of timed it's out? it. It's out right it's now. Out. It's out right now. Yeah. Oh, what are you no, talking like, about? We were talking no, like about oh no, like I'm saying like by the time this podcast goes live, right? Oh, oh yeah. you're 100 yeah, yeah, right about right. that. Yeah, people on Instagram, you have to wait two more days. People on this podcast, Mark was able to understand the timelines better than me and it is out right now so <laughs> welcome right mark Go thanks for the future people thanks for coming and hang out with us man i know welcome. it's been a busy week for you yeah of course thank you for coming to see me when i was speaking yeah that was sweet man that yeah so for those of you that that don't know how we got connected i was at i think i mentioned on the podcast a couple weeks back i was at top-notch scholars uh, event with a bunch of speakers down in lowell and um, I heard Mark talk and I really, really aligned with some of the things that he was saying with social anxiety and kind of the ways that he moved through college and, and into all the things that he's wrapped up into now. And uh, I I had to see if I could get him on. So and here we are. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm curious, like what, what made you, um, like what really resonated that made you invite me on your show? Yeah. Well, one thing we mention on this show all the time is that we like 
a lot of a lot of creatives are going to be extroverts or introverts, but there's a lot of uh, there's so much extra uh, anxiety and judgment in in really being on yourself in that space because that art we like we refer it to like as like a baby sometimes like you're really like your book is a baby i'm sure that you your book offering yeah. to the world you're thinking about that book's impact and the way that someone views that art um but you talk about how um you know your book is called screw being shy right and you talk about how an introvert doesn't have to be boom. bad at anything right? Like the, there's this judgment that an introvert can't be good at sales or can't be good with networking and can't be good at creating things. And I felt like your story did a really good job of explaining how you kind of faced some things. And initially you, you felt those things and hit those walls. And then it sounded from your story that you really just shifted the way that you saw the characteristics in your own self and then said, how can I use these as my superpower basically? And that's what resounded with me. I felt. Well done, man. And, and, you know, I think, you know, first and foremost, like, um, you know, a lot of people, when they think shy, they think uh, introvert and I'm definitely an introvert. A hundred percent. Honestly, most successful people are introverts, not all of them, but, um, I would definitely say that when you look at the definition of an introvert, it's defined as someone predominantly focused on their own internal world, their thoughts, ideas, themes, um, emotions. And that's what they focus on. An extrovert is just someone who focuses on the opposite of that. That's just like a personality trait. And so, um, you know, when it comes to being shy, you know, that means you're nervous to, uh, to do something um, like with someone else, like in a social setting. And it's okay and, and natural to be shy every once in a while. Everyone kind of is. Right. But there are some people who are shy all the time. And if that pattern of behavior is um, done time and time again, then it can eventually be social anxiety where any room, any situation this person walks into, their brain and body does not let them kind of be who they want to be in a social setting. So, you know, that's super interesting. Cause that's like, th- you know, like you said, like I kind of went through that. And so it's totally fine to be an introvert and to mm-hmm. be quiet, you know, like there's nothing wrong with that at all. Right. But if you're shy and you can't really be yourself in front of other people, you know, that that's going to place a lot of boundaries on your life. And, and, you know, people with social anxiety, it impacts every area of their life. It's not just about, you know, what you do in front of other people. Like when you look at the data, social anxiety is correlated tightly to substance abuse and also um, social isolation, both of which are related to suicide. And so, you know, I think, so for me, like I just am talking about this stuff and I wrote this book because like, I don't really see anyone else talking about it. And like, for me, I almost kind of fell down that path of being suicidal and having a ton of other problems in my life. Yeah. And so, um, and so, yeah, so I just wanted to write this book and um, I'm releasing the audiobook for free. I'm not really doing this to make money or to grow my brand. It's just like, this is a problem out there and this is a solution that actually works. That's kind of based on like, not just my own story, but also mm-hmm. based on science and a lot smarter people than me in the book. So that's what it is. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that like, I don't know. I mean, the amount of people that I feel like you talk to and it's obviously not something that a lot of people want to talk about, right. When they feel like they might be suicidal or like they're, they're really in a, in a spot. But I feel like it's one of those things where it's like the people that you've known for a long time, or like that end of the night at the party when you're having these conversations with people and all of a sudden, like someone you've known for 15 years, 20 years, they're like, yeah, that one time when I was like, I thought I was going to kill myself. I think that like, dude, there's conversations that, that just like you're saying, like people aren't having the conversation because it's either a difficult conversation to have, or it's just something that they might not want to 
to share yet. Mm-hmm. It might not be the person or the place that they want to share it yet. But I think that that the the conversation and the things that are happening are much more frequent than we let ourselves believe in in common in a common space. And by having the conversation, it can really help people dramatically just to at least have someone to put that information out to. Because that's where that isolation comes from. I mean, how isolating is it to know that, oh, you're with that anxiety. Oh, I'm the only like the main thing that you would hear to is like, I'm the only one who feels like this. And that's where a lot of it comes from, too. How can I obviously it is hard. That's a hard thing to talk about. Like, there's no chopping it up. 100%. dude. It's like, how can I how can I talk about that (laughs) with anybody? How can anybody understand? Definitely. And, I and, think and, as you and, grow and up, and with it's that, not and even... with, yeah. So I'm sorry to cut you up, but like with the no, book, no, no, I'm the one who you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got plat- so excited. Yeah, yeah. Man, no, no, we're, we're <laughs> vibing, dude. And like, but with that platform, and like, like you said, like, oh, it's it's obviously I'm not trying to make money off this. It's like something that needs to be talked about, and it definitely does because somebody puts a book out on it, or oh, I can put a Facebook post up about how I'm talking about this, or you know. Mark or Ryan or Dave shares their experience outside of just like, you know, some random end of the night after we've all had, you know, some drinks in us. And it's it's something a little bit more real and has like the substance to it. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, oh, I can look, this person is talking about their experience and they're not some weirdo. Like they're not getting shunned down. In fact, like they look like they're a kind of successful person and they're they kind of have their stuff together. Maybe this whole facing things and and, and confronting it head on and and working through it is is the way and it's not like i i'm not so alone or isolated or weird about it and so i mean like i vibe exactly with that because i used to work in for a number of years four years i used to work in medical psychiatrics and you know the way that that you treat anxiety um on like a psychological level um is just confrontation like you confront that which like ultimately the thing that you fear and the more like exposure that you get on a proper level, the less anxiety that it has. And like you said, that pattern of behavior doesn't develop. Like uh, you have a natural reaction, like a very proportional reaction. Like it's okay to be shy, but it's not uh, chronic or disproportional to the situation. So dude, I'm, that's why I'm I'm vibing. I'm very excited to talk more about the book because, like, in a way, you are kind of like giving that medium and that platform to people who. Like, dude, if you anybody who's ever had anxiety knows like talking about it or like confronting it is like half the anxiety in itself. That like, oh, if I just if it just comes out, then that's gonna add that, that those fifteen extra levels of weirdness on top of it, man. So, like, where did you? When did you know that like that this needed to be like a book rather than just something that you had as your own personal journey? Like, when did it kind of cross that threshold? Well, dude, I'll tell you first and foremost, like what you said about like when you think when you're in that position and you think you're the only person that's like that. I think the biggest thing is like when I was growing up, I didn't even know I had social anxiety. I didn't even know that was a thing. And so I remember I had always like heard of like, I remember in health class, they told us what anxiety was, but you know, whether it was my misunderstanding or not really seeing the illustration we're usually only shown like the extremes of a scenario of someone that has anxiety or depression, but you don't really see what it's like when most people um, experience it at least to some degree on some spectrum, some more than others, but right on um, a normal day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, I think first and foremost, you just have to like look at the information and you have to become aware. Like, again, like I didn't even know I did have social anxiety. And like up to that point, I just always thought that there was just something wrong with me. Like, that's just mm-hmm. what I always thought. And so when you, when I kind of found that out, I was like, oh, wow. Like I started to connect a lot of dots and I, it, you know, it kind of went from like more of like a moral failing of like, wow, I'm just like this person and all these things are happening to me and I don't know why. Right, mm-hmm. And then what happened was when I began to understand like the science behind it and what it actually was, I began to kind of look at it as a science project and kind of poke things out and be more curious and begin to test things out. And then, I mean, if it was, it, I mean, it was a crazy journey, but eventually it took me to really like deliberately for months on months working on my social anxiety to, um, to, you know, being the point where I am now where I wrote a book about it. 
And like for me, the biggest reason why I just I was like this book needs to be out there was because um one a book doesn't really exist because like going back to what you said of like how do you uh you know how do you expose someone to that fear right. um I, I definitely think that exposure therapy is part of it and there's a chapter in my book about it but i mean that's just one piece of the puzzle and yep. so for me like yeah as someone who's read a thousand books and as someone who has interviewed like 300 people on my podcast, I know that I didn't really want to make something that was just like more noise to the conversation of like, Hey, here, here are like five tips on how to do this better. Or like, Mm -hmm. here's just like some surface area stuff. And so for me, like I wrote this book because I have yet to see a book that kind of goes into the root cause of why Mm -hmm. some of these things are the way they are. And then right. the actual science of just explaining like what what's actually happening in your brain and body, yeah. and then how to tackle it with like a science based approach too. Um, and then it's what I did, so I kind of talk about my story too. And so I just realized that there wasn't really any any book out there, really anyone uh, kind of packaging this up for people who really experience. Like the book is called "Screw Being Shy: Learn How to Manage Social Anxiety." And be yourself in front of anyone. And I struggle with that so much. But yet, like every day, I talk about this stuff mm-hmm. in front of other people. And it's just like, it's like the exact 180 on my life. And so, like for people who, I was like, I'm going to write this book for people who are shy, but they don't want to be anymore. And mm-hmm. so, mm. that's the biggest thing. And, and then the other part that I realized too is like, at a surface level, when you begin to think about this, and especially if, you, if you've never had this problem, you think that this is kind of like a, um, this doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. Like it doesn't seem like that big of a problem. Someone is like shy or someone has social anxiety. And for, I mean, sometimes it's, it cannot be a problem, but a lot of times like social anxiety does not just have to do with the people that you interact with. It also just has to do with yourself. And it can also be defined as an excessive need to manage one's own self-image. And so it, it really affects every single area into your life. And so when I was kind of thinking about it, I was like, wow, like I see all the potential that I have now and I wouldn't really be using it. I wouldn't really be activating it if I had trouble kind of communicating that to the world right. or even communicating that to myself. And so for a lot of those factors, I was like, I'm going to make this book. So for people who face this issue that I also faced a lot more severely back then, I can just give this to people and it can just unlock them. You know, if they have this problem and just get on with the rest of their lives and actually move it. So, you know, who knows what'll happen, but that's kind of how I figured it out, man. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that, man. Like I, so this podcast, like I've said it a couple of times on here. The reason why this exists is because I kind of like fell into the steps of of working a day job I didn't like and I just did the things like I I got the house, I got the car, you know, mm. I I had like a just a very average setup of how I how I did it, but I always had the dream of of what I wanted to do for a living and what I wanted to spend right. the majority of my time doing. And the exact same fear and thought in my head happened where like I was like no one else, you know, I would be in friend groups and I would be the only one that, you know, stayed in that Friday night to work. Or I was the only one that, you know, was working a job and then, you know, working on nights and working on weekends. Like, so I might have been the only one in that friend group or something. And what had happened is it led to me being like, I can only talk to my wife about this for so long before she's not understanding like where I'm at you know, in my head, this is what I'm thinking. She's not understanding where I'm at. I've got no friends doing this. And then you, I, you just get to a spot where you're like, no one understands the way I feel. And the podcast started as a way to like talk to people, but then it's just, it's, it's crazy how real something can feel to you when you're put in an environment and habitat to make you feel that it is that real. And then the podcast starts and then all of a sudden I'm meeting, you know, audio entrepreneurs and and musicians and these these people probably like with you interviewing 300 different you know there's been crazy awesome people on your on your show 
you start interviewing all these people or you get it outside your friend group and you meet other people that are doing the things that you, you want to do that you are doing or that you, you know, used to be you and, and, and you see a, a, a new reality basically where you literally took another uh, pair of glasses and put them on and it changed the way that you saw things. But it's interesting how those anxieties or those, mm. those feelings they are a reality. Like when you're saying like the way that, you know, someone yeah. might downplay something, it's like you're not seeing literally all these little things that are adding together to create their world that they're living in, to create that context for themselves, to think that way. And then if they're able to get some type of irrational fear that they have out of the way, that it can immediately change the world that they live in and, and the way that mm. they're thinking about the those situations and connections with people. Yeah. I mean, I think that like once your mind is stretched and it sees something, it can never go back. Mm -hmm. And so the only way that you can run away from that is by trying to like drown out that voice that's inside of you. And so right. for me, like the craziest thing is like when I actually found out I had social anxiety, which was when I was 18 in college, I actually tried to run away from it. Because I just kind of was thinking to my life and I was like, you know, like if I don't, you know, if I don't tackle this problem, it's probably going to get worse. And I'm probably going to be like some 30 year old that's working some job that I hate just to pay the bills just because I never conquered this fear. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I also began to think like, man, in 10 years, if I did conquer this fear, like, whew, like I definitely know I got potential inside of me. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of saw like those two paths and I think we, everyone, everyone kind of sees that, but also like when you just, when you're making that decision, it also requires like a lot of responsibility and a lot of people try mm. to run away from that. Yeah, and nobody, yes, like the, yeah. And the only way that you run away from that is by trying to drown out that voice that's inside your head. And so people do that with, you know, whether it's some kind of a, a substance some kind of a vice doesn't have to be a substance. It could be you just trying to shut off your brain somehow, whether it's like you, you know, just habitually get into a behavior Thumbing where you're just Facebook trying to shut off your nonsense brain. Nonsense and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you're just trying just to shut off your, your time brain with fluff to not and think about the different paths that you could be on in your life. And yeah. so that's, that's the equivalent of like a very much a band aid solution. Because I mean, I guess you could forget about it, but. You know, if you have like a strong soul, if you have a strong spirit, then there's no way. And for me, that was exactly the case. And that's why I was suicidal. Like I literally could not be not myself because mm -hmm. I kind of felt I wasn't my, myself. And so, right. yeah, I mean, not everyone makes it, makes it out. So it's interesting. Yeah. And if you just like choose to like not play the game, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's fine right now. But like, it's going to turn into a monster soon. If you just, if you leave it in the dark and let it grow, right. if you leave it to its devices. And like you said, dude, nobody wants to be that, that 30 year old, just like filled with regret. And like knowing that it's just like, man, you think it sucks now? Like wait until like you are socially further down the line and like socially compromised or skilled compromised, like, what happens when your skills become outdeveloped by the by the workplace because your shyness or your anxiety prevented you from growing and adapting to a, like a changing market or to a changing social structure or to your family yeah. or whatever it may be <clears throat> like you said like it's not just like oh hey uh, i can't go out on weekends because i'm anxious to be around people it's like no man it changes your relationships it changes how you treat your sister it changes how you you treat that person when you're at Walmart and you're talking to the cashier. It changes how you're going to date somebody and what your moral structure is going to be somewhere down the line. And man, like it's, it's like an epidemic of having people who, you know, didn't see it or like let it fester. And like, dude, it turns into res like, it goes from anxiety to anger, to resentment, to being hateful. And like, that's the spiral. And like you said, I mean, look at, I mean, we're from New Hampshire, man. Like, opioid epidemic is is right. at full rest here yeah and we see it all the time and it's like that's where it goes it's like it's right. the it's the mess that is that is a three or a four or a five right now and it's very uncomfortable to deal with for sure but 
like, man, when you're 30, dude, it's going to be a 15 and it's not going to be manageable anymore. And also people are going to be less apt to want to help you or be on your side or understand because, you know, when you're 18 and you're kind of going through stuff like this, it's like you said, with that shyness, it's normal. It's like a, it's a growing pang. It's a, it's almost like a rite of passage to kind of like look your demons in the Mm -hmm. mirror a little bit, but it's a little less socially acceptable when, you know, you were supposed to kind of like learn these lessons and go through these things and have these experiences, but you've just kind of chosen. It's like non-engagement is almost worse. Like I would rather have shitty engagement where I like fall on my face, take two steps, fall one step back, but then go two steps forward and then maybe go two steps back. Then just no engagement whatsoever. Like that's where the death is like the death of, like you were saying, like of your spirit and of yourself, man. Like, and you, like you said, you changed that. You change everything else around you to try to like fit the image of like what it's supposed to be, and like your authentic self and who you really are just like gets drowned in all of that. And yeah, man, it's like it, that's the slippery slope that it goes down. I wanted to ask too, like when you were talking about changing over to like putting yourself into these situations. Like I, I always like want to ask people, like what's what's the situation that you put yourself into where you're like, oh, I'm totally gonna this is going to help me grow. And then just ended up being like a crazy, like what was the craziest like anxiety situation that you kind of like put yourself through in order to like try to force that growth. Like, like going, like going from somebody with social anxiety. Like I think about it too, as somebody who's dude, I've gone through like crazy anxiety myself. And then dude, finding a way to like get up on a stage and like in performing or even something like this, dude, like getting behind a microphone and talking to a stranger, like it's still like works you up like what what are those things that like that really sure. worked you up but you're like oh shit like i grew so much from that like i felt like i wanted to die but i grew from that dude um i'm just trying <laughs> to think about it because literally everything <laughs> like, isn't that the thing dude where you're like i have anxiety it's literally always there dude it's like everything is the, it's pulling teeth yeah and i think like the best analogy that i have for it is like there's like this analogy of uh two goldfish mm-hmm. in this bowl and one goldfish says to the other, you know, hey, what's up? Like, how's the temperature of the water? And the goldfish goes, what's, what's water? And so mm-hmm. the goldfish are living in like this invisible liquid that they've mm-hmm. always lived in their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Right. But yet if a goldfish tries to go above water, it can't because mm-hmm. that's its limitation. And so depending on whatever it is for your life, you know, that water could be fear, it could be anxiety. And so you're so surrounded in it that you don't even know that you're in it. And so, I mean, mm. honestly, like, dude, I don't even know. I mean, I, and so, yeah, I don't even know. I'm not even, I don't, I can't even answer that question. But what I, I love what you said about, um, you sort of, uh, not engaging, you kind of stepping back and not engaging. And ultimately, but you, you know, what out. I think. I'm not playing anymore, dude. I don't. Uh, I'm not playing the game. I don't want to play the game badly, so I'm not going to play the game at all. Almost. Yeah, definitely. And I think. I think again, like for me, that was being shy. I was being socially anxious. But everyone else might have a different version of that, you know. And so for you, for someone else, it might be they get super angry and they abuse people. You know what I mean? Like everyone has a different version of it. Right. But ultimately, I think like the 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 thing is like it's like in my book, the first chapter is called. Uh, social anxiety is not your problem. And what I actually talk about is social anxiety is just the symptom. It's the surface area. It's mm-hmm. the surface layer problem of what's going on. But the reality is the reason why uh, social anxiety is a thing and for a lot of other issues too, is because of some moment in our lives where we, were, we experienced psychological trauma. Mm-hmm. We're traumatized. Sure. And for a lot of people, like like when you say that, they often think like, oh, you had to see like some extreme thing, like someone get murdered or something. No. And the matter of the fact is, is like trauma is just when something happens that your your brain and you don't know how to process. And yep. so what happens is your 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 brain, your nervous system just like pauses and stops in that spot. So then next time that you get into an environment, where something similar ha- is about to happen that has traumatized you, 
Mm. The same exact thing happens and your brain enters into like this emergency protocol. And you condition and yourself. you freeze and you can't talk and you, your mind races and, and all this stuff. And so um, whether that's social anxiety, whether that's a, 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 another issue, um, I think you have to kind of look at that as the root cause first, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And only I think once you can get past into that, then you get into the deep stuff because I'm all about the deep stuff. You know, like again, like mm-hmm. I'm a podcast host. I, I've talked to so many people. I've talked to so many people that have tried to BS me and tried to tell me like the, like these three hacks and these three things and these three tips. And when in reality, they don't really have a legitimate understanding and they just waste people's time. So for right. me, I'm just trying to always get to that root cause. Like what can someone do that's like the most effective to just not waste time? You know, so right. That's a that's a big thing. So, like <laughs> with, <laughs> I love oh, this, dude. This, this, this like, is, and 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 favorite. I like this because of what you just said. Where like I don't feel, I don't feel the BS in this conversation, and I don't think it's a conversation that people who want to hear it want BS in. Like that dude out of anyone. Like you're not in the mood for three tips of uh. Here's five tips of how to put on makeup and three on how to like deal with your shit like all the time you know what i mean it's just not like a mess around thing like life but- has, like life is such a hat like and, and to pretend and sit there like kind of pompously that life is just something that like buzzfeed can write freaking three hacks on and you know <laughs> it'll solve everybody's problems dude like 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 it's such a simple fix it's like this weird like a symptom or byproduct of uh of our culture nowadays where everything is so instantly gratifying and it's so like fast and, and whatnot. Like we, we almost want the same thing for like our personal stuff. And like you said, dude, when you get into deep stuff, like deep stuff is complicated. Deep stuff is rooted. Deep stuff is you, you, you are, you are so ignorant to it until you even dig into it. And even then it like, it takes time to work through. It's like, it's a constant battle. Like there's no, there's no Buzzfeed hack for, for stuff like that. And anybody who is pretending that it, it is, it's just like, they're just somebody who has engaged with people who make their living shoveling bullshit and they've they've come into a role as somebody who eats bullshit up. And when you interact with somebody who's just like, oh yeah, I mean, I can smell it from a mile away. Yeah. It's like that it was like we were talking about before the podcast, like that authenticity factor is like it's so palpable. And to anybody who knows like that it's not there, it's so obvious when somebody is putting on like that facade, like they're trying to put that image up in front of you of, oh, this is the person that I am and I'm not feeling these right. things. Cause- but here's the thing though, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. obvious because you know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And so for someone who doesn't even have that in their lives, then that's not, they don't know. And like there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a subsection in my book under chapter two called uh, Truth is the Chiropractor of the Mind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I talk about the fact that you know, not necessarily just being candid, but sort of being aware and being honest with yourself and then also to other people mm-hmm. is so vital. And the way that I think about it is like, it's like the skeletal system, like the same way that our bones hold up everything else in our body. The truth is like that, but for life itself. And so the, like the best way that I found a way to describe this is every time that you lie to someone, like let's say, let's say you guys ask me a question and you're like, you know, I don't know. Yo, did you watch the game last night or something? I don't know. And and I and I and I lie and I say, yeah, I did watch the game, even though I didn't. And so, what happens is when I just lied in that moment, I took first off, what I'm doing is I'm now valuing your guys's opinion of what you think about me more than the truth of life. Mm-hmm. And so in an effort to do that, when I just lied, I took the real version of myself and I put myself in the back and I just created this fake version right? and I put that towards the front of my life. And so if you do that all the time, you don't even know who the real authentic version of yourself is. Mm-hmm. right? So next time something bad or good happens, you don't really know because you don't have that like calibrated compass inside of you that can even tell you. Yeah. That can even tell you if this thing is truthful or not, or if you should do this or not. And so that's like a major thing that I think is messing up a lot of people. And so I think think people genuinely are trying to do the best for themselves. Like I think everyone is on the path. to like their own version of success, even if they don't use these words, 
but just they just want the best for whatever they think they want based on what they know. Like the and human I experience. think a lot of the times in life, yeah. you have to face success. So like, for example, like for me, I, I faced, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was successful. I was financially successful when I was like 15, 16 years old, I became like financially independent and I gained some level of financial success. And what happened was I began to realize that that's not the whole point of life. Because I think until like, for me, like I, I grew up, I didn't really have any money. And like my parents came to this country with $200. And so when you are living in the absence of something, you think that's missing. You think that's like the main problem in your life. And so we all try to go on this journey of success to get whatever it is that we think we want, whether that's money, whether that's something else. And then a lot of the times we have to reach that sort of first version of success that we unconsciously think of. And so when you do reach that, you realize it's like, oh, wait, this is not actually what my version of success means. This does not actually mean happiness. Like and then for, you have like to like retrace your steps yeah. and go back to it. And you have to f- learn and you have to find all these things out. And so, yeah, I mean, it's a crazy journey. And it looks different for everyone. But I think these are like some fundamentals that I've just kind of seen like across like the human experience. So after this success that you've had right now, what are, what are you feeling that is that you need to be realigning on because it's like dude you you wrote a book like you're you're bringing a book out like you're like you're hitting all these important talks like you've reached like almost like the third echelon the third success so like what is what's like the retracing that's even happening like right now like that's bringing you to like what what could possibly be the fourth success yeah dude i'm 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 digging deep on you bro wow yeah, I'm no, I mean, me, I mean, the only reason why it, I ask is, I mean, dude, literally this this week in in the last uh, seventy two hours, I have had almost every single great professional thing happening in my life completely just cancel and shut down, and so yeah, dude. I don't even feel any any level of success whatsoever. <laughs> I kind of feel like I think kind of a lot that, of people. That, that's and, that adversity, though. Like that's how exactly it, it. And, and honestly like this is the craziest thing like I, I was talking about this with a friend of mine today and it's like here's the thing because I kind of felt like for my entire life I was always a loser I was always just facing that adversity that's the most comfortable mode that I'm in now and so now in between like just I don't even know how I'm going to do different things like now in my business and whatnot not the world's changed um, and so honestly, I love that. That to me gets me really excited because it kind of reminds me of me being not successful. Mm-hmm. And like that chase is one of the greatest things mm-hmm. ever. And so, right. um, yeah, so I mean, so I don't motivation. even know your question, but. He did, dude, he did. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. Okay, so the, ne- the, next, the next right thing, dude, my girlfriend started talking to me about that. She's just like, I'm just trying to make the next right choice right now. I'm trying to like keep everything aligned. I'm trying to like really be thorough and just purposeful with what I'm doing, but I'm just trying to do the next right thing, whatever the situation might be. And I was like, like it, it, it started bringing me back down to a, a more like present based perspective. It's just like being, like we've talked about before, like bringing your attention back into like the present. Because, dude, think, of, think of how much where anxiety comes from, which is just, your mind exists either in the present or in the past of like, oh, what are, what are these people going to think for me five minutes from now? Like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, am I going to be successful here? Am I going to, what's going on? Like, oh, how am I ever going to get through that thing that happened to me 15 years ago? I didn't, you know what I mean? Definitely. And I would also say that, like, I think anxiety is one half that. And I also think anxiety, one half is uh, biochemical. Yeah. And so, like in my book, I talk a lot about the science and there are studies that show you um, if you eat the American standard diet, you have a much increased rate of feeling anxious and getting mm, depressed. I believe that. Uh, if you, for example, um, consume a lot of uh, sugary foods, what happens is sugar is a super easily absorbed form of energy to your brain. And for a lot of people, um, 
that energy gets fueled for anxious thoughts really fast because your brain doesn't know what to do with all the energy. And so, right. It's like unneeded energy. It's like you're giving energy and your body might not even, even be in an activity that's going to let go of that energy. So the only place that that can go for movement is into your mind. Literally. That's exactly right. And then on top of that, it's like, there are studies that show if you don't have, if you don't get enough of the recommended sleep average, then you have much increased rates of even having social anxiety. That, that was one study that looked at it. Um, and then on top of that, like, you know, um, a major part of anxiety is physical. And a major part of anxiety is like moving your body. And a major part of it is expressing yeah. that anxious energy through your body and like going for a walk, running, exercising, all these different things. Right. That, that like, you know, we talk about it very specifically today. But that's because we have to, because we live in a modern world where you could just stay inside all day versus if you look at the way that our bodies and brains have grown throughout nature through thousands of years, through a co-evolutionary feedback loop, we were made to walk and move around all the time. We weren't meant to sit down at our computers for eight hours in in like these shelters. And so like... That's the reason why you kind of have to talk about these things. And that's why a lot of people are getting anxious now more than ever, because there's like this major disconnect between sort of the great conveniences that technology and the modern world have brought to us that are awesome, but also like we don't really know uh, the best ways to to live in sort of this new modern world mm-hmm. where a lot of these new technologies are just they haven't been out changing. for that long. Yeah, they right. haven't been out for long enough for us to see long tail results of like what is happening. It yeah, and so on top fast. of that, like it's it, what it is is like if you look at if you look at evolution and like you look at evolution, you look at the thousands of years that have happened. Right, like ninety eight percent of that. Had thousands of years have been spent us like in the wilderness hunter gatherer societies and then mm-hmm. like in the last agricultural revolution happened and then like the last 200 years or so the industrial revolution happened mm-hmm. and that's right. where we began to design these technologies and whatnot that began to help us a lot and do what we tried to do right and we're, so we're skyrocketing um yeah and so and so when you look at that graph it's like this much like the massive majority and then like as tiny percentage is what we're in now. And so our brains have grown for that entire period to like match with the environment and to help us survive, not to keep us happy in today's world. And so that's right. why like a lot of the stuff is important. I'm just looking at the science too behind yeah, it. We're, it's, it's like we're, it's we're, we're, we're misaligned almost like our, uh, our primal nature hasn't caught up to the exponential growth of technology and w- everything moves so fast that nothing nothing has time to catch up to itself. Crazy. Yeah, right. we need some technology in our brain. And it, That's you what touched, Elon Musk is working on. Definitely, dude. I mean, and like you touched on... He's, he's it, working it, on everything, dude. Oh, dude that guy's a monster. Unreal. It comes that like, like you t- were talking about it, this holistic like a mindset where it's just like oh you know you think like a pill is going to make you feel better like it'll make you feel better for a little bit but like you said you're you're treating a symptom you're not treating the right you're not treating the problem like you're not sitting down and talking to a cognitive behavioral therapist who is helping you uh perspective things you're not you're not helping yourself by you know with your brain gut biome um where you know you're not providing yourself with enough nutrients to help uh facilitate proper you know neurochemical balances and proper health and like dude you yeah you're jacking yourself up with sugar which is giving you that rush right now but it's also crushing um it's crushing like your long-term energy and it's spiking your cortisol levels up which is throwing off the entire like like your entire homeostasis of your body it's throwing your brain into a little a chemical imbalance that's like permeating itself through your behavior and you don't know why so now you have this social feedback loop and it's like all of these things are all happening at one time and how many people are out there who don't even know a little bit about one of them right. and like how much more education is out there and how much many more steps are needed to be like, yeah, Hey people, it's not just like, Oh, you know, I feel this way about this. It's like, it's how you treat people. It's how you treat yourself. It's how you look at yourself. It's like your moral landscape. It's your, it's how you treat yourself physically. It's how you understand the world in a physical way. 
It's how you, that's it, it, you're in, it, like we were talking about with perception, all of that feeds into how you look at the world and ultimately how your perception is, is like how you view reality and how you view reality is how you behave in reality. And that it's just like, they're all little, they're all little dots that connect with each other. And, and it's like, and if you're not privy to one or, or two of them, then you're, you're almost missing the whole picture. And it's super important. Like we Truth, talk, yeah. I mean, this is what, this yeah, is what beautiful, I, man. this is what I, would, I mean, well, this is what <laughs> I, I would sit down and talk recording that, <laughs> right? Well, I'm, not again. I'm yeah, fried up, yeah, dude. Dog. I'm like, well, dude, this is what, this is what I did for, for a number of years, man. And it's just like, it, it would, it, it blows you away. It would blow you away. How many people just don't, away. just don't know about so much stuff and how, how there's such a conversation to be had about so many things. You left the industry, dude. Yeah. You I, literally were yeah. just like because over it. it. Yeah. Wait, wait, why industry? He, uh, medical psychiatrics. He lit. He, dude, he actually crazy, was man. working I've, in. in, dude, the, in yeah, the I've had so many. Crazy. I've had so many like doctors on my show and whatnot that are much more qualified than me. Just talk about how that's not the great, not the great, not the greatest industry, but just the the practices of kind of like just kind of like again, it's kind of like you have to approach. The per, you have to approach your perspective when you're trying to solve these issues from the least harmful way first. Yeah, you know, least and invasive, I remember for me, least harmful. Yeah, right. And I remember for me, like when I was in that tough time, and I remember going to um, the doctor. I remember literally after like a 10, 15 minute uh, doctor's visit, I was already prescribed some kind of thing, and I remember just going home and just kind of googling it doing my own research and there Crazy, were like all dude. these side effects. I remember suicide was one of the side effects. I'm like, wait, what? That's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Come on. Right. I'm not even joking. And so <laughs> when you kind of look at that, it's like, that's not, it's not wrong, like, the best God. thing. And like what dude. you talked about, what you talked about like with the gut microbiome and how that has neurotransmitters like serotonin in it, that can really be a, like there's an emerging field in psychiatry called nutritional psychiatry yeah. that like when you look at the actual science behind it, like you're blown away at how much of this stuff has been proven and documented, mm-hmm. but yet people just don't know about it. It's really dangerous. Turns out that the energy actually. that you put into your body and the things that you put inside of you like actually have consequences. And it's extremely dangerous. Yeah, they manifest themselves in different ways and you can cause yourself, I mean, you look at the climate now, like we were talking about, like about uneducation, like with the whole coronavirus, we'll just use the coronavirus. It's just like, look at how uninformed people are about just like a basic, it's just like, oh, it's a flu, but it's just like any other outbreak of virus that would happen and, and has happened over even the past decade that we've had, you know, Hawaiian flu, SARS, etc. And how like the people's lack of education is what almost facilitates how bad it can continue to go. It's like, oh, you know, it's a hoax. I don't need to wash my hands and this and that. And it's just like, it's almost like that. It's almost like that ignorance and that unengagement, like we were talking about before with, with the idea that e- something is even remotely real. It's like, not only are you not getting it, but now you're actually going to suffer the consequences <coughs> from it. And then in turn, everybody else is going to suffer the consequences from it too. And there's like that weird tie where we talk about stuff like that and kind of, we'll bring it back to the social anxiety. Yeah. Where when you have that unengagement, I wanted to bring it back to like lying to your friends about the game. It's like, yeah, not only are you putting up a, an image of yourself now that like lets you lie to other people and like separates you from your authentic self. But now you have you've painted yourself in a way where other people are like false reacting to you. False they, expectations. Yeah, not even that, but like you actually believe that. Mark, he watched the game last night, and then oh, man, dude, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him about the about the game that he's definitely going to watch next week if he watches this game this week. And it's like you actually are skewing the reality of other people and yourself. It's and, you're and you are facilitating your own un- unauthenticity. It's and that's and it's what you're. Yeah, you're you're like subconsciously manipulating yourself and other people into thinking that the reality is going a certain way. And it's just like, dude, that is a. That is a that is like what we like to call in the psychological field like uh the the first steps to delusion. Like that's how you literally live in a reality that is created in your own head and you're separate from the reality that exists in in a very like objective physical world. It's not a fun place to be in. 
Not if I'm no, dude, because it doesn't matter. Because it's like it's like even if if you're living in that world and you're eating like a healthy diet or whatever, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like yep. you don't have that foundation set up, and you need right. that foundation first. So super mm-hmm. important. Dang, dude, I'm like I'm. I usually talk so much, and this night I've just been like, I just had to <laughs> sink in. I've had to sink in all of this. I'm like getting blown away. Yeah, dog. This is the philosophy slash psych base that I've built my, I don't know. I built a career on for a little bit and now I'm like, yeah, it's just something. It's that that next, that next thing is success. It's nice to touch on it, dude, because it doesn't matter who you are, dude. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking plumber, if you're a publicist, if you're a speaker, if you're an audio engineer, if you're a voice actor, dude, like we're all human beings that have basic human needs, like our, nervous systems work a certain way we require a certain amount of food and nutrients and this and that and it's just like dude you cannot you cannot turn a blind eye to the basics of human reality of the human experience like it's like you said yeah. dude, it's that concrete layer that exists on the bottom that we that our perception eventually like puts a mold over and like dude it doesn't matter what that perception is on top of that man like reality is a hard cement wall that that you can find yourself slamming right into right away it's important you gotta get the that baseline man so mark i have one more question for you man and then we have like five questions that we usually end with quick Um, ones quick easy ones yeah they're they're really quick they're really quick um yeah we got like 57 more minutes you said that you wrote this book really for people that might be shy but don't want to be right Mm -hmm. what would you say like I'm assuming you've talked to so many of these people and you've gotten feedback and, and maybe were that person, you know, for some of our listeners that feel that way, what do you think? Like, like, you know, here's the very first step for you to start working that way. Do you, do you outline any kind of like, if you feel this way, this, this is how I want you to start thinking or start acting on to start working on that. Yeah, well, I think you need to build an awareness. And I think that comes with um, what you're doing and just more information. And so I I would just say it's super important to just kind of look at and just kind of do your own research on the science or or read my book and find out. Um, Because I think when you can kind of look at it and you can kind of look at like the same way that you almost like when you're like watching TV and you're watching like some animal documentary and they're talking about some animal and it's like, oh, you know, this animal does this because of that. And it does it in this season this way. And so when you can kind of look at your behavior from like a, a viewpoint of just trying to understand it from like a scientific lens. Interesting. I think, that's a, I think that's a pretty good first step because I think, again, like it removes a lot of judgment that someone can kind of have yeah, about yeah. themselves that is actually preventing them from kind of tackling these issues. Right. Wow, definitely, man. That's awesome, dude. That's that's such a cool uh, way to frame it. Like literally thinking of it, like the the wild uh, <laughs> voice actors. Oh gosh, right? <laughs> you just get the English guy, David Attenborough. And, <laughs> like the wild Dave appeared, and why the hell did he do this thing? Because he David thinks and believes this be way. That's why anxious. he does that thing every day. Yeah. The bartender is asking him what kind of beer he would like, and he absolutely doesn't know why. He is sweating profusely from his underarms. <laughs> so we have like uh like five questions we ask at the end of every episode mark and you kind of just answer them the way that it kind of floats off the top of your head you don't have to stress too hard on them um first question being and it's kind of difficult just because you do you're doing so many different things you know but it's it's what made you pursue what you're doing why is this the thing that that you you have to do that you chose to do over any other thing that you could be doing because i mean eventually you just make a ton of money and you realize that you can just wake up in the morning and just do whatever you want and so you have to ask yourself like what would you be doing if you made no money from it and you were just set for life like what would you do if you didn't make any money from it and so whatever you would do for that then that's what i would start doing that's what i do i love that Cool. So along the way, um, say you were able to take the lesson that you learned from this and instantly, like it, it was something that you could give as a food to someone, they ate it and they just got the lesson, right? And they didn't have to deal with it. What's one thing that you'd say is like your, your, your biggest mistake or biggest thing that 
you would you would say to five years ago you like hey you automatically took this lesson in don't do this thing like that totally sucked yeah if they ate it it would teach them nothing because what i've learned is that <laughs> like we, like yeah i mean like here's the thing like if you become successful but you didn't earn it it means nothing Experience. and so i definitely think that for sure you can learn from other people I think you can learn from history for sure. You can like, you can listen to podcasts and stuff like you can learn from all these other media sources. But at the end of the day, I mean, you, you have to make mistakes and like, like if you look at how many failures I've, I have, I've had versus how many successes, the ratio does not look good. Like Mm -hmm. I I do not have that many successes versus the amount of times that I failed, which I don't even know. And so, my lesson would be to just no lesson. You got to learn that on your own. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough, Experience, man. Experience, man. I believe it. I, I, we used to just ask like, what's the biggest mistake you said along the way? And our guests have been there awesome no people mistakes. and they just, yeah. And every person would just say the same thing. They just say, there's no mistakes. So we, I tried to like change it some way verbiage wise and that's worked sometimes to get people yeah. to say something different. He but, helped us off you though. Yeah, he did. He totally <laughs> took me out. <laughs> flip side, flip side to that. And, and this is like, what would you say? Like maybe your best decision along the way, or maybe even your biggest kind of like yeah. pivot point along the way for you throughout Wait, the my process. biggest what point? Like pivot point, like, oh man, that was like what really changed my trajectory. Like what really did Yeah. It yeah, I think the probably the biggest things honestly from a professional lens. Um probably getting serious about my podcast and also LinkedIn. Both of those have probably gained me like eighty percent of my successes in my life. And so what was the second I'm one? Super LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, okay, yeah. word. I thought you said LinkedIn, like and I was like, like what the hell does that mean, dude? Just getting connected with people, really. LinkedIn. Yeah, like I just reached like 60,000 followers on there yesterday. Wow, oh, dude, congratulations. Man. That's it. Yeah, and I mean, it sa- I mean, it saves me millions of dollars in like advertising. Like I put out a post, like I put, a, I put out a post a few hours ago, already 23,000 people have seen it. So it's just like free advertising. Yeah, man. Yeah. And if people, and that's going back to like authenticity, if people like really have salt in your game and like believe in your shit, like not only are they going to support you, but like it, you wouldn't even have to twist any arms or like change it out anyway. It's like they, they, they want to support you because of the authenticity and the person or product that you have, like in the way that you bring it forward. Hell yeah. Right. Awesome. Um, and wait oh what is gonna so we have like i'm gonna include your um your podcast and some other things and i'll i'll get to some links of how people can follow you but what would be um you know a recommended resource that you have it could be a book could be a video could be a podcast to yeah. work in these in these things that we talked about like obviously you studied the living hell out of the stuff i'm, I'm sure yeah. you have some great resources yeah, that, that you love the number one book the number one resource that i recommend is screaming shy oh <laughs> yeah yeah right shameless now. plug let's go get it on amazon like i literally just talked all about it so that's the number one resource right now perfect hell yeah all right so on that note where do people like some of our listeners that jump jumped Going on, on the website uh, yeah, where do they find you, man? Where do they find you? My first and last name.com, Mark Metry, M-A-R-K-M-E-T-R-Y.com. Follow me on LinkedIn. Email me, contact me, check out the book, check out the podcast. Let me know that you came from these guys. And thank you so, so thank you guys so much for having me on. This is absolutely dis. Yeah, dude. Fun, thank man. you for taking for, an hour of your life deep, to hang man. out and, and share with our audience, man. Of course. I'm quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. Pleasantly surprised, man. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up episode 49 of the Waking Up From Work podcast. Really hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope that you got something out of it that might be helping you with the way that you think of you or the way that you manage what you're doing. If you want more tools, Mark is really great. Um, I encourage you to go check out his book. Go check out some of the things that he's posted up about it. He he really dives through this topic a lot. And it's been a good good thought for me anyway. If you want to keep up with us, I'd love to hear what you think about the episode. Did this help you? 
did this, are you going through some of these things or have you been through them? What have you seen as benefits and, and what have you seen as, is obviously things that have been tough. Hit me up at Dave wake up on Instagram or Twitter. Also got some funny content up on TikTok at Dave wake up and these show notes and a lot of stuff is on wakingupfromwork.com. Wakingupfromwork.com slash show notes will get you over to the show notes on there and the links that Mark mentioned if you want to go check him out. Hope everyone out there is doing okay with the virus. I know there's a lot of hype to it, but a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and freelancer friends of mine are definitely seeing some economic input impact on them past any of the health stuff that that is still a concern for sure. So I hope uh, people who are facing some adversity from this, I hope that you're finding ways to get through it, finding ways to grow despite it and, and creating you know, some out of the box solutions that you might not have thought without the context of it and, and getting ready to keep moving on. So entertainment people out there, I know that it's just real, real tough. My thoughts are with you for sure. This week is going to be our 50th episode. So that's going to be Ryan and I hanging out on Thursday. We'd love to see you live on Instagram at Dave wake up. And we're going to just reflect through kind of our own growth or not growth in the past couple of years of having the podcast and, and some of the life changes ourselves uh, for us and for anyone that's kind of been on the journey with us the whole time to just see. Sometimes we take for granted the amount of change that we've gone through. So we're really going to reflect through that and and just take a second to reflect through some of our favorite episodes, favorite takeaways that we can just share back with anyone who hasn't hit all the episodes. And I think it'll be a really good time. I want to sincerely, sincerely thank anyone who has been listening to this from start to finish, anyone that's just joining us now or anyone that listened in the beginning. It means so much to us that you guys have seen any value in what we're talking on and and, and trying to give to you every week. Uh, we appreciate you more than anything. So if you've been listening uh, or if you're finding value from this, I'd love to hear from you on that as well. So. Have a killer week, guys. See you Thursday. Tons of love out there. Go keep creating. Go keep crushing despite anything. Anything.